Glad to have y'all. We back to another episode of In the Box. Uh, you guys know that I lost my dad uh, on June 17th. I lost my mother on July 27th. And um, I just kind of stepped away from doing the show. Um, cause of course I have just life as well to show about teaching people how to deal with life. Uh, so this is my first night in, we got Ollie Patterson and, um, yeah, so we're going to be right back. Fundamentals and build blocks. Turn to advice when I'm in that spot. And I got questions and that's a lot. Perfect time to hear from Rico in the box. So um, the night is going to be great, man, because we got Ollie Patterson. He's a professional saxophonist. Um, and the, 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 this show, man, is really more, more so about, for people that are just signing on, they don't really know what In the Box is about, it's for independents, cr independent creatives that are interested in doing music, trying to make a profit with your music. You know, a lot of times, man, we have people that gatekeep our information, and they don't want to share information. Uh, how do you do certain things? So this show uh, is to demystify how to do certain things, uh, how to make money as well, because it is a, uh, a for-profit show uh, in the same time. So I want to have uh, people on that I feel that can add to the culture as well. And then the products and stuff that I kind of pitch um, are products that I actually use myself. You know, so if it's not something I rock with, I definitely, man, won't, won't try to sell you on it as well. But before we bring in Ollie, I want to share something here. Put the work in. Put the work in. Put the work in. You got to do it for yourself. Put the work in. I heard you looking for results. Put the work in. by time bro so i know i haven't actually been on um you know when you lose your mom and your dad man you kind of like you know i kind of lost my desire to do a lot of different things and i know um you know uh god put me in deserve to do a lot of different things uh but it's kind of hard when you lose your parents as well um and so i am gonna, gonna kind of crank back man crank back up man get things going um I want to talk about man Ollie Ollie Patterson. Ollie Patterson is a professional saxophonist. Um, I work for Chin Med, um, which is a primary care doctor, and he's kind of like I go to when we do events because a lot of our lead generations um, activities that we do to bring in patients, we do a lot of different events, and we actually reach out to Ollie. But Ollie does corporate events. 
He does special occasions. You know, uh, he also does uh, just 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 different events, man, that you can book him for. And the whole idea about in in the box for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, uh, we want to try to give you ideas and uh, opportunities, show you how to 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 close opportunities. I'm freezing, bro. Okay, so um, I didn't know that I'm freezing here. So, uh, so without further ado, we're gonna bring in Ali. Okay, right here. What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? Uh, doing well, doing well. Kind of honored to be uh, in the box, man. So it's pretty cool. That's that's real good, man. Talk talk tell, tell us a little about about what yourself and tell people who you are and you know where you can you know where you was born and and how Ali is Ali. Okay, so I, I try to kind of do a brief synopsis. Um, my dad was a sax player. And so when I was little, three, four years old, I would just sit down and listen to him play saxophone. And so that was very influential to me for a long time. And then in the sixth grade, um, I took up clarinet, loved it. And in the ninth grade, I picked up saxophone and loved that even more. So I've kind of been on saxophone uh, since ninth grade up until now. And, uh, and it's been a it's been music has been just an amazing part, an integral part of my life uh, ever since then. Okay, and, and so so I, I know you know, especially being a musician. Yes. What is what is it like? You know, what gave you that passion, man, that fire to be a musician? Because you know, when I was coming, you know, being fifty two years old, and I know we we were like in the same generation. It sure. wasn't it wasn't real cool to be a musician back then because now you have all these opportunities, you have all these performances. But what sparked your creativity, or what? What? Why saxophone? Why did you want to do saxophone? Well, uh, I think saxophone was was one of the instruments that kind of intrigued me um, when I switched in ninth grade. But what happened is um, in the tenth grade, my dad was in, was in the army. Okay. So in the 10th grade, we were, I was in, uh, in Germany and um, there was the, the top military band in Germany uh, was, was kind of touring all over Europe. And so my dad, you know, once he heard about the band, he told the band people, the band leader, hey, listen, you need to listen to my son. He can do everything that Maceo Parker can do. And of course, Maceo <laughs> is the, right, the right, saxophone right. James Brown. So I'm in the 10th grade and I can play everything that Maceo was doing. And so I auditioned for the band. And next thing I know, I was in the band. And I'm touring Europe when I was uh, 16 years old. But uh, shortly after joining the band, I began to watch these guys, you know, okay. the bass player, the guitar player, the drummer. And uh, I said, you know, I can learn these instruments. So long story short, um, I learned bass in about two weeks, learned gu guitar in about a month, learned drums in about uh, three weeks. So now as we're touring in the band, uh, if the if the bass player, you know, ever got sick or something like that, I was playing bass. Uh, the drummer was a singer. So what we did, put me on drums and he was out, out front singing. So I just picked up all these instruments just naturally in a matter of weeks uh, after that flute came, you know. So, so saxophone is my main instrument, but man, I have a passion for all of them. I only, but I can only play about six of them. Okay, you say you only play about six of them, right? So, 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 talk to us about those six. What six are they? Okay, so you got the saxophone, uh, all of the saxophone families. I play all the saxophones, okay. uh, clarinets as, as well. You know, all the clarinets, alto clarinet, bass clarinet. Oh wow! Uh, then, then there's flute, 
right? Uh, and then there's um, bass guitar, then there's guitar, and then there's drums. So, so, that's, that's you, so, so you actually play guitar as well? Yes. Wow. That is a jump from being a saxophonist to a guitarist. Like, that is a huge, that's a huge jump. Well, it, it, it is, you know. And but what I realized, though, Rico, is uh, that was kind of a, a talent that the Lord gave me. I mean, he just gave me that wiring. And so, and like I said, literally, it took me weeks um, to be proficient on all those instruments. You say weeks took you took weeks. you weeks to be for wow weeks yes. So 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 so, so when it comes to being a musician, what yes. is it? How do you prepare yourself? Like how how do you how do you prepare yourself for, you know, whether it's, whether it's practicing or if you have an event, you know, what is your preparation technique? So the first thing is to um, to know your stuff, to know your music, right? To be proficient in what it is that you're doing. Um, and, uh, and after that, I would say that, you know, the gear that you're using, you know, whether it's, it's your speakers, your amplifiers, your um, microphones, whatever, you know, just make sure that your gear is good. Uh, you know, professional grade gear is always better. But uh, depending on where a person's budget is, just make sure that your, your gear is together and, it, and that it sounds very good. Uh, simple things that um, kind of set me apart from a lot of other people, <clears throat> and I get teased about this, is be punctual. You know, uh, I'm, so, I'm so punctual that most of the time I'm very early. And I have a lot of clients, they'll just tease me. They say, man, you are always so early. Uh, but they appreciate that, man, because they never have to guess, never have to wonder what's going on. With the, is our music going to be here? Is it going to be in time? So I'm always there early to set up. Don't have to rush around, do things like that. So that's that's something simple that can set people apart from a lot of other people because just being on time and being prepared. As a kid, man, did you desire to play the instrument? I mean, what as a kid? So what was life like? As a kid, did you want to play saxophone as a kid? Was it a dream or as a kid? Tell, tell us a little bit about your life as a kid and, and your desire to be a musician, if there was a desire to be a musician. Well, so, so um, gosh, when I was um, in the fifth grade, uh, my dad wanted me and my sister to play saxophone. Okay. And I wasn't, I wasn't interested in music, man. I always wanted to play marbles with, with my friends. So I would have to go through these music lessons, man, and I had zero interest in it whatsoever. Right. Uh, but because I had the natural talent embedded in me, uh, our my private teacher was just amazed and impressed. Like, man, this guy, he can play. He just can play anything that's in front of him. But that wasn't my heart. So it didn't really hit me until sixth grade. And then when I switched to saxophone, that's kind of, I guess, the music bug just kind of hit my bloodstream. And, and I knew then, man, I really, really like saxophone. I really like jazz. And I like to be able to express my heart through music. So that came in, in the ninth grade. And, and so because music was, was always uh, there in me, uh, in music, you know, when you're in band, you have what's called first chair, second chair, third chair. Right. And so your first chair is your best player, blah, blah, blah. So all the way through school, uh, elementary school, high school, college, I was always always first chair. Uh, in in Germany, uh, we would have um, uh, schools from all over Europe come together for this big symposium. You know, and there would be hundreds hundreds of musicians, and I think we had about fifteen to twenty saxophones just in this big symphonic band. Right. So we would all go, 
and uh, everybody would go for sight reading and all 20 saxophones and stuff. And um, that came out first year, just, just like that, first year. So it was just kind of like, like that. It was just a natural skill and ability. I always loved it. And so the, the trick, the thing for me, the crossroads for me was this. Um, so in uh, 12th grade, um, I was accepted to go to West Point Military Academy. Okay. And so, and that was a real big deal. So I'm in, I'm in Germany, you know, my dad would say, you know, my son is going to West Point. He's going to be the first black five-star general in nice. the United States Army. Right. That's what, that's the trajectory that I was on. But my love for music continued to, to grow. So I had a choice to make. So do I go to West Point or do I go to Berkeley School of Music, which is where I wanted to go? Berkeley and School so, of Music. Okay. In, in we gotta come, so we got to come back to that. But, okay. but keep going. So, so you know, I chose to go music versus to go to uh, uh, West Point Military Academy. So that's kind of what happened. So, so, so music has been like, it, it's, it's, it's in there. It's in my heart. It's not going away. Right. So when you talk about the Berkeley School of Music, because I, I mean, because especially being a producer, yes. we we get a lot of emails in about Berkeley School of Music trying to come in and, and they're trying to get us to take classes. Talk about that. Why the Berkeley School of Music? Well, because you mentioned that. Why the Berkeley School of Music? Is that is that important? And, and if it is, why is it important? Uh, it was incredibly important to me because Berkeley was. Uh, ranked uh, always within the top three jazz jazz music schools in the country okay so you, had, you, had, you had berkeley you had north texas state you know you had those those two guys were were just incredibly good so that's 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 really where i wanted to go okay so, yeah so, so I, I never yeah go ahead no no go ahead what you going to say go, no no go ahead so i was gonna say so so when i graduated it turns out that um you know i, I really my parents didn't really have the money for me to uh, for the tuition to go to berkeley so I didn't go to Berkeley, which was kind of real, kind of a heart, heartbreaker for me. So, um, but that's that's kind of how that worked out. So, so, so when it comes to the Berkeley School of Music, yes, right. I know you didn't get an opportunity to do that. What brought you to corporate events, right? Because when I first met you, um, how did you get to that? Did somebody introduce you to? you know, getting booked, you know, did you get a manager, you know, because right now I know you, you, you book quite a lot. So, so, so yes. how did you get to that point? So what happened was, um, so in 84, I started my uh, working career with MCI Telecom. And so I was very successful with MCI Telecom, but all the while I was playing music. So what, so what would happen is somebody would have an event, somebody would have a wedding. Okay. And they would say, hey, uh, will you play at my wedding? Yes. So I would play at their wedding. And they would say, man, thank you so much. You created the perfect atmosphere. Oh, thank you. So that went on for, you know, five, six, 20, 30 events where people literally said the same thing. They said, you know, you created the perfect atmosphere. And I said, you know what? This sounds like a name for a company. So I named my company Atmosphere. And so that was back in, that was back in the 80s, you know? Right. And so I would still continue to play, continue to play. So during my, even during my tenure with MCI Telecom, where, where I ended up being the, uh, the highest rank executive in Atlanta, and my business unit was, um, I was responsible for $600 million of revenue in the United States. I had the entire country. Wow. And I had the, I had the number one business unit 
in the country. <laughs> 600 million is a lot of revenue. Uh, it is. And so, so we would have these big, massive um, regional conferences and regional events, you know, and the division presidents and all these guys will say, well, Ollie, be sure to bring your saxophone. So I'm, I'm doing saxophone all the way through. Okay. Um, and for my departmental uh, parties and events, you know, I'm playing saxophone. I'm taking my entire team to like Lake Lanier, of course, and everybody's saying, well, you, you, you're going to bring your saxophone, right? So it, it's something that continued to all the way, even when I was working full-time full -time corporate, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so clients would, would ask me to do their private parties, their events, their family reunions, uh, birthday parties, all kinds of stuff. So, so in 2002 or so, 2003, when the MCI WorldCom scandal hit the fan mm -hmm. and they closed down my department and they offered me a business unit in Dallas, and I said at that point, you know what? <clears throat> music is my heart. Music is my passion. I'm going to step out, trust God, and do music full time. So I left corporate. So I left multi six figure, solid, you know, stable income, step out in faith to do music full time. And that's what I did. So let's talk about the money. Yes. And <laughs> because a lot of times, man, the musicians, man, think about like, okay, I, how, how can I make money? I know that you're always booked, you know, but the most important thing is that I want to talk about in the segment is like money. How okay. do you stay booked? What is it that you do, Ali, to stay booked? Because I know that you always have events. You okay. always have a lot going on. Let's talk about the relationship building. Um, and what is it that you do to get people to want to book you? Okay. And no, that's, that's that's good. So so here's the deal. So I stepped out from from corporate about 2000, 2003, Okay. Full time in the music, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't happen, man. It didn't happen at all. Uh, I had enough saved up where I was able to go three years uh, with what I had saved up in my four hundred one k and stuff. And after that, man, I was completely broke. It just wasn't happening. Um, just a lot of financial stress and my house was up for foreclosure, stuff being cut off all the time. It was, it was really, really, I was down. And so what I did was, um, because I'm a person of faith, what I did was I just, in, at that lowest point, I just prayed. I said, Lord, if there's any way that I can do music full time without having to go back to corporate, please, please show me how to do this. I mean, I was, I, I was, I was desperate. I did not want to go back. I was desperate. Okay. And as soon as I finished praying that <clears throat> the Lord showed me immediately what I needed to do. Okay. First thing he said was treat your business with the same intensity that you did your MCI uh, business unit. And I knew exactly, exactly what that meant. Right. Be because because I was unsurpassed in customer satisfaction. And I said, OK, I need to treat my clients, my music clients with, with that same level of professionalism that I did with MCI. And I started doing stuff like that. So one of the first things I started doing is um, I, I created a survey. I, I, I would do an event and I would send my clients a, a survey. This was a paper handwritten survey, uh, a paper survey, and I would mail it to them. 
and they will mail back their their responses. And I would get those responses, I would review them, I get back with with the client, so I can kind of get closer to kind of what they were expecting and what they need to happen. Uh, an example of that was um, I, I did an event at the High Museum. So my first event at the High Museum, I sent them a survey, they sent it back, and on a scale of one to ten, they gave me all eights. And and eight is a good score. My goal was to get eight to ten from eight That's to ten. Correct. So they sent back all eights. They they gave me some comments. I called the High Museum back, spoke with them. Thank you so much. And I got a better understanding of what they wanted. A year later, they called me back, and I went in, I went back in there, and uh, sent them a survey, and they sent sur they surveyed back straight tens. So so what happened here? Um, and, and actually, I, I want to show you this, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. So this is a this is this is a big binder, right? See this binder right here? Mm -hmm. This is a binder. and it's got um, all kinds of surveys in it. It's it's full of surveys, and and they're all color color surveys. So what happened here is I kept these surveys, I listened to my clients, and after about um, and most of them would rate rank me from seven to ten, mm -hmm. and after about um, a year and a half, the surveys started coming back. <clears throat> nines and tens okay and after about two years they would all come back straight tens nice straight tens all all of them well, almost all of them will come back straight tens mm -hmm. and so what that what that told me was that i was able to first keenly understand what my clients were looking for and how to go back and how to deliver what they want so that was that was one of the things right uh, the other thing that you talked about in terms of getting booked, uh, I mean, last year, gosh, I had over, I don't know, over 200 events, man. You know, that's a lot of and events. That's a lot of, that's a lot, <laughs> a lot of events. You know, and, and some days, you know, two and three, and even four events in one day, Correct. right? Correct. And so, so uh, the Lord began to show me some things to differentiate myself from uh, everyone else. And one of the one of those concepts was to um, to to be a to partner with my clients versus being a vendor. So what I mean by that? No, no, stop. Yeah. I, I need you <laughs> because when you say partner with yes. your clients versus yes. being a vendor, I just need you to stop there for a second. Let's okay. dissect that. What okay. does that mean? Okay, what that means is that um, in a lot of cases, and I'm not saying all musicians, right? In a lot of cases, uh, musicians are a vendor. You show up, you play, you get paid, people clap, you're great, and you go home. Mm -hmm. That is a transaction. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. And so in my case, now I'm a I'm a an accomplished sax player, right? I mean, I know my stuff. I can work. I can get around the saxophone. Let me say something, man. There's a whole lot of saxophone players in this city that are a whole lot better than I am. Uh, but in the eyes of my clients, I'm a whole lot better than anybody else is out there, and that's the goal. What? That's the goal. And so, so when I partner with my, with my, I do things like, um, again, I'm going to get there early, right? 
And so, and I do a lot of events and a lot of times, man, these, these, these clients, as they're getting ready for their events, they're scurrying around trying to get stuff going to get the table set, you know, centerpieces, all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll put my saxophone down and I'm out there with their team. Okay, what do we need to do here? And so I'm helping out with tables, table settings. Um, I'm asking the client, have you checked the mic from the hotel mics and stuff? I'm checking their sound, their audio. I'll come back to the client and say, listen, you know, the microphone at this hotel is not, it's not very good. I have one. Use mine. So things like that. Serve. So you're serving. Yes. I'm serving in areas that's very important to them. These clients have put together hundreds or thousands of dollars to do their event. Their event is the most important thing to them. And so now all of a sudden I'm helping them in what's really important. And then on top of all that, I'm going to bring the music and they will never forget things like that. They don't forget that. So now all of a sudden I'm partnering with them. Um, They are important to me as a person, as what they are wanting to accomplish. And that registers with them at a very, very deep level. So Mm -hmm. things like that. Now, another example would be, you know, because I do so many events, I do a lot of weddings and things. People will put together their uh, their run of show, their outline, and I'll take a look at the outline, and I'll just go to the client very diplomatically and say, you know what, um, you know, Sue, um, I'll look at your outline, but you know, if you would consider doing this versus this, your event would flow a whole lot smoother. And they'll stop and look at it like, wow, yes, that's a great idea. Things like that, you know. And so after doing things like that, um, Enrico, I have several clients right now that when they have their events, they won't do anything until I sign off on their agenda. They'll send me their agenda, their outline. Okay, Ollie, here's what we have. You know, you're going to be doing saxophone, but here's our list, our agenda. Can you look over it and make sure that it's okay? Mm -hmm. So I'll look over it. Yes, it looks good. I was, any tweaks, I would tell them, blah, blah, blah. These guys deeply appreciate that, man. And and uh, and they they um, they will they remember that forever, and they call me all the time, and and they refer me all the time. So, what are the negatives, uh, Ali, that you have to deal with as a performing musician? Let's, let's talk about the negatives. What are some things, man, that 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 you're not happy about? You know, when it comes to negatives, so it's just, it's all negative. Tell me. What's so? What's negative about being a an indie performing musician? Um, that's an interesting question because, um, and and I might not be normal in that regard. I really might not be normal. And what I mean by that is, I really don't have a lot of negatives. the The negatives for me is some of the things that is a negative for me would be. Uh, the event is supposed to start at seven o'clock, mm-hmm. and then it ends up only it ends up starting at eight thirty or mm-hmm. nine. That's the negative. That's the negative for me. Um, and I'm trying to think of think of others, uh, b- because I, I guess what's unique to me is I don't have any issues now, at all. Now, now stop oh, for a second. Stop, stop yeah, for please, a second, please. Because I have to say, I got to ask this question. Yes, right. please. Yep. And, and and I keep it a buck, keep it a okay. thousand. Is it don't judge me because I'm gonna ask this question, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> Don't judge me. So when you say the event, we talk about an hour, an hour and a half. It's late. <laughs> so sometimes two hours. Two, two hours. Okay. So yeah. now I'm, I'm going to say this. Okay, please. So if anybody's listening right now, don't judge me. This is a keep it real type of show. Is it okay. a black? Is it a black event, Ollie? That's late starting, or is a white event starting, or is all events that starting late? Is it a culture, a cultural lateness, or talk about that? I mean, okay, okay. So from the thirty minutes to one hour range. Um, it's it's going to be blacks, African Americans, from the. <laughs> Stop <laughs> Stop well, it, it, there's more, but okay. <laughs> I know, man. We got to take a pause for a second. I got to take a pause for a second. I got. Wait a minute. Just wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Because right. you were really hesitant to share that because it's like, man, if I say this, people are going to feel so. No, 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 go ahead, but go ahead, man. Go ahead. I just had to laugh, man. Yeah, I I get it. I'm the break on the the categories. So, 30 minutes to an hour, that's that's going to be, you know, the African Americans. Uh, From an hour to two hours, uh, that's going to be your uh, African Americans from the islands. And, and, uh, And it will be an hour and a half to two hours late. You're from the islands, it will be. And so, and, and 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 I, I just kick myself, man. So I, I kick myself. It's like I get amnesia. So I'm I'm booking an event with somebody from the islands and stuff, you know. And yes, we're gonna start at uh, eight o'clock, and we're gonna have this. I'm getting their agendas. I know it's all the flow. I'm telling them, okay, I'm gonna get there about six thirty. But I'm there at six thirty, man. And this event might not start until nine thirty, ten o'clock. I stop for a second. I will take a pause. Take a pause. Okay. If, if you're watching, if you're watching this show right now, and you're a promoter, or you're a host, however you want to kind of um, title yourself, it's very important for you to start your shows on time. Please. It's a purpose. It's the purpose why I ask this question, uh, because as a professional, you know we live on a schedule, right? Yes, yeah. Um, <clears throat> And a lot of times when you're trying to travel, you're trying to compensate travel time to get to an event. You got to, you kind of have to prepare, leave an event. And if you are a true working musician, you are leaving that event, going to another event. That is true. And, and if that event is two hours, even an hour and a half, sometimes two hours late, and when you're, especially when you're flying planes, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're pre-booking flights. Yep. Right. And we know that when your plane is supposed to catch you to leave at two thirty, you need to check in an hour in advance. Depending on the size of the airport, depending on traffic, you may need to position yourself to be two hours in advance to be able to make that flight. So if you're having an event and your event is starting two hours late, it's highly probable that your guest, and it's not that your guest is trying to be a prima donna that don't want to participate in the event, it's because 
when you're booking a flight and you're paying for that flight before time, and we all know that a lot of times, man, when you book a flight and you don't show up a time, a lot of times they don't want to give you a refund. Am right. I right? Am I wrong? Yeah, that's Ollie. right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So yep. it's a, it's very important, and it's a purpose why I stopped here, um, because it's very important that you prepare your event so that you can start on time, end on time, you know, it, it, you know what? And if, if if that artist is local, it's not a difference because they can jump in the whip, leave, come back, you know, change clothes, come back because they live in the same city of the event. But you have to take in consideration that somebody's taking part as an, a guest, a guest artist in that event, and they're coming from out of town. Chances are they're using flights. Those flights are dictated, you know, by timestamps. Yep. You guys got to be on time. But I'm gonna let you finish. Okay, so yes, so that was the uh, again being late from the, from the Islanders, uh, an hour to two hours late. Uh, the another negative for me is uh, when I'm doing when I do an event, Rico, <clears throat> I want to understand the 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 vibe the client is looking for, because I want to be able to bring that vibe. And if I can't bring that vibe, I will tell them. I said, well, you know what? Uh, for what you're looking for, I'm not. I'm not really your guy, because um, because I'm not. And I would refer them to somebody who can deliver that vibe. So I like to know kind of what's what's going on, and uh, in having the agenda. So, 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 yes. so, so stop for a second. Okay. When you talk about a vibe. Mm -hmm. I need you to elaborate on a vibe. Like, what do you mean when you say a vibe? And in, 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 that's not a vibe for you. Give me some okay. examples. Okay. So one example uh, would be. Um, I had a client who's having a, a birthday party uh, and they wanted to um, have um, a, a high percentage of country music. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I do some country music because I'm pretty diverse. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I was speaking with them with, with kind of the song mix that they wanted and their guests that were coming, I just kind of told them, so well, then that, that's not really um, my... My, my sweet spot. You know, I can do some country. I can do some of this that you're asking for. Um, but, you know, for overall, what you're looking for, I'm not really your guy. So, so, so that's, so that's, that's, that's important, you know. Um, and the other, the other thing, uh, you know, getting back with negatives is understanding the, the flow of the event. Every now and then, I'll get a run of show and outline of what's supposed to happen in the, in the event. <clears throat> And then to get there, and everything is changed up, uh, or, or there will be some some surprises there uh, that uh, I was completely caught off guard. Because normally I'll ask my clients, "Is there anything else happening? Is anybody else going to be singing, dancing, performing, any speaking? What's going on?" Because um, I want to make sure that I understand the flow, but I also want to make sure that I'm bringing enough gear just in case something unexpected comes up that I'm prepared for because I've been hit with that so many times. So I'll, I'll go to an event, right? <clears throat> no, 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 it's just going to be you and you're going to play and you're going to play during dinner. And then after that, our DJ is going to do this. Cool. And so what happens uh, uh, every now and then is I'll be playing during dinner <clears throat> and somebody will walk up with a CD and says, uh, I'm supposed to play this song right now. And I'm like, well, Sue, I don't didn't bring a CD player, you know. 
and so things things like that. Uh, and uh, or or so now now uh, everyone is using MP3s, and so they'll have an MP3 on their phone, which is fine. I can I can accommodate that. So I'm playing during dinner, and then um, you know, four or five people will walk up <clears throat> as I'm playing, and they say, "Well, um, you know, the, the client, uh, we're ready to sing now." Yeah. And it's, well, what are you? What is it that you're singing? Well, we're going to sing such and such song. It's it's on my phone. I said, "Okay, I can accommodate your phone, but um, how many microphones do you need? Well, we need four microphones. Things like that." So stop for a second. Okay. You book for a show. Yes. Being a headliner, headliner act, yep. mm -hmm. patrons, yes, come up saying that they actually were booked or were told that they can do a performance. Now, are you told up front about these individuals? No, that's, these that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a surprise that night, you know, where where the, where the client had talked to these people one or two days prior. And say, yeah, just just come and sing, and uh, you you can sing. We have our sax player, but you can just kind of sing. Just just come up and sing. So now stop for a second. If you listen to this show, if you're hosting an event, it's very important if you're going to have people to come up and sing or do whatever act, you should let the hosting act know what you got pre-planned so that they're not caught off guard. Because what I'm hearing from you, Ali... Mm -hmm. Is that you're not told up front no. that these people are coming to sing. Whatever it is that whatever act that they're doing, you just come, they're coming up and yep. they expect you to, to kind of pretty much reciprocate whatever it is that they're supposed to do. That's just not professional. Uh, not at all. Not, not, not at all. So yes, so so those would be you know some some of the negatives. Uh, other other than that, um, uh, that's 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 really it. Not really knowing the event from beginning from beginning to end type thing. If if you can change something about your life as an indie musician, as a performer, or performer, what would it be? Wow. Uh, that's that's a really good good question. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, what it would be, what it would be, is um, my my ultimate goal really is to be financially independent, so that I'm not dependent on the music uh, revenue, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are so many good organizations out there, Rico. Mm -hmm. I would really like to be able to donate my musical talent. My audio stuff, gear, equipment, microphones, so that when these nonprofit companies or or smaller companies that don't have a big budget, you know, so that they can have a professional, you know, top-notch event, you know, from a music standpoint, whether it's me, whether it's one of my bands that I will pay for, just have all of that stuff completely uh, first class, mm -hmm. without any charge to them. And so actually, that's that's my goal. So I'm kind of headed that direction. But that's one of the things I want to do when I grow up. Now, do you find yourself in a position where people that want to book you, they book you cheap? Or they want to book you cheap. How do you deal with people that don't want to pay you what 
you're asking for. Give us some, give me some examples of what you charge. You, you have to give me a price point, right? But give me an example of how you deal with people that are, they want to hire you. They don't want to pay the price point that you give. And like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Okay. So uh, there's, there's, there's two things. So I'm doing an event and somebody hears me at, at an event. <clears throat> and so they get the number from my client and, the, and they call. Hey, I want to book, I have an event. I'm going to book you as well. You know, what do you charge? And, and, I, and I say, well, my standard rate is $300 for the first hour and $200 for additional hour. And, um, and, and a lot of times, well, most of the time, if it's a referral on that basis, uh, most of the time the, the phone is silent and I'll wait to hear, did a thud, did they faint, did mm-hmm. something happen? You know, I'll just kind of wait. Uh, and then when they catch their breath and I'll say, well, you know, uh, John, does that work for your budget? Because they don't know. I mean, they honestly don't know what it costs to bring in, you know, professional um, talent. Right. So you can go, you you can go, you can get someone from a, from a high school band, you know, and they'll do your event for $50, $75 or, or whatever, you know, but they just legitimately don't know. And so, so what I'll do is I'll say, well, um, uh, I was thinking of having you for two hours, so that would be $500. Well, yes, that would be correct. Gosh, well, I was thinking about maybe $125. That's kind of what I had in my budget. They just didn't know. They just didn't know. And uh, and so, you know, I, I, I will work with them, you know, as, as much as possible, you know, to, but I'm not hard and fast uh, on that. So I'll, I'll work, work with my clients and so we can kind of, uh, you know, meet at a, at a closer point that's going to work for both of us. And, and, then, and then generally, you know, and because of that as well, they are deeply appreciative, you know, uh, and they remember that for a long time. So, so, so tell me this, Ollie, before we get ready to get out of here. Okay. Um, what, if anything, what is it that's important to you to be booked? You know, give me three, your top three must-haves if people want to book you. Take your time. Top three must-haves or something that needs to be um, put together if they want to book you. I really only have one. Uh, The the thing that's most important to me uh, is that I understand the flow of the event, you know, from the beginning to the end. And the reason I say beginning to the end is um, a lot of times I'm not at the end of the event. You know, I'm at the beginning as they're walking in, or I'm at the beginning as they're walking in and during dinner. <clears throat> so I need to know what's going to happen after after that, because that's going to tell me um, what I need to do or or where I need to set up. Because when I finish, I'm going to break down my equipment and, and kind of um, leave if I'm not staying for dinner. So it's, so it's important for me to understand you know the the event of, from beginning to end. That's really my main that's really my main thing. Now I will say this. Now, when I do an event, uh, and this is what I would say to uh, musicians, getting back to being a partner versus being transactional. When I do an event for, for a client, um, <clears throat> my number one goal is not to uh, try to impress impress them with my musical chops. 
that's not my number one goal. Uh, my goal is, uh, first of all, to connect with the guests that are there. Because if I'm connecting with them, I'm interacting with them, I'm watching them, I'm kind of gauging um, the vibe, and, and I'll even, you know, uh, tweak my playlist based on who's there. Because if I can connect with them and interact with them, vibe with them, singing with them, clowning with them, all that kinds of stuff, if I do that, then after that event, <clears throat> what they're going to do is they're going to contact my clients and maybe we really had a great time at your at your at your event last night. Yeah, thank you. And that saxophone player, that's what that's exactly what they're going to say. That saxophone player, where did you find this guy? And the reason I say that is my clients will call me or send me an email or a text two, three, six months later, and they'll say, "Man, you know what? People are still talking about what you did." Um, so that's that's the the first thing. And if they have kids at the, at that event, you know, a lot of kids are spellbound with music. I'll go up and I'll play next to these kids, and they're looking, they're spellbound. The parents bring out their camera phones. All of the the surrounding tables, they'll bring out their camera phone. Well, that's the cutest thing. Wow, look at that. And then at the end of all that stuff, you know, they're saying, man, that was a great event. Boy, that's sax player. So I'm connecting with their guests. They're giving that continual feedback to my client. Number two, it makes my client look good. It's their event. They're inviting all these people. You know, they are wanting their guests to really have a great time. And so it's making my client look good and feel good about, you know, what I brought to the table. And so they're going to remember me for a long time. Uh, Rico, I get referrals from 10, 15 years previously. That's, that's, how, that, that, that's, that's how ingrained people remember and I'll get the call and the call will go something like, Ollie, this is Deborah. Uh, I don't even know if you're still doing music, but you did my friend's wedding, you know, 12 years ago. Are you still doing, are you still playing? Stuff like that. Because they remember the stuff, man. So, so I'm looking to be memorable in the minds of the guests. That feeds into um, guest comments to my client, you know, throughout the entire year. And so the next time my client hears of somebody who's having an event, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, I know who you need to get. You need to call, contact my buddy, Ollie, the saxophone. So, and, and just hold that thought because we're going to come right back from a commercial.
also, if you're looking at, uh, and if you're doing music, you need mastering. I do mastering at ten dollars a pop. Two-hour turnaround time. Um, only thing you got to do is submit it to me um, at Southern Emperor uh, at gmail.com. And also, if you need music mixing as well, I charge eight dollars and fifty cents per stem. Okay, and because um, I know a lot of times, man, we we, we want to get professional mix and mastering done as well so i can help you do that as well so 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 holly before we go we always do what's called a uh it's a game that we play it's called 10 10 okay (laughs) 10 so basically it's going to be either or you choose one or it's not a right or wrong answer it's based on how you feel it's just to give an idea of your, the, the people that are listening to the show, how, how it is that your mind works. So it's not a right or wrong answer. Like you can, it's whatever you want. All right. Is it, so, is it one, 10 or one or 10? So it's going to be 10 uh, either or questions or either or statements. And you choose the best one that you identify with. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. So Kirk Whalen or Kenny G? Kirk Whalen. Why? <laughs> So you just diss Kenny G. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you just you just stiffed on like Derrick Henry. You Derrick Henry Kenny G. Why Kurt Whalen? Um Kenny G is, is the best selling instrumentalist of all time. And I give him huge props because he connects with his, his people, a large uh, amount of people. Right. Uh, Kenny Kenny G style never has really resonated with me. Okay. Uh, I mean, Kirk, Kirk Whalen, and, 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 and I'm telling you, Kenny G is a killer sax player. Most people don't understand how good he really is. Okay. Uh, but his his style and his music, it just never, it doesn't really resonate with me. Uh, Kirk Whalen, hey, he's got it going on, man. So ham or turkey? I don't know turkey. Turkey, what? Um, turkey. A turkey, all right. Toyota no. or Honda? Uh, Honda. All right. <laughs> so, Mariah Carey or Rihanna? Mariah. All right. So, waking up at 7 a.m. or sleeping in to 12 p.m.? 7 a.m. All right. Pork ribs or pork steak? Ribs. <laughs> you said that quick, man. You said that quick. Well, like, I need them ribs, bro. Sketches or Puma? Sketches, the shoes. Sketches or Puma? Puma. Teddy Pendergrass or Bobby Womack? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I did Bobby Woman back in the day, man. Please, uh, let's go. Let's go with uh, Teddy. Teddy, turn off the lights. Miles Davis or Herbie Hancock? Wow, wow. <laughs> I'm going to go with Miles Davis because he had Cannonball Adderley and John Coltrane. Right. Uh, yeah. Denzel Washington or Samuel L. Jackson? Denzel. What? That was no debate. Like you, you decided that quick, man. So, uh, any 
any final words, man, that you'd like to say before we get ready to get out of here? Like, like share, tell people, man, because I know I've been running your sat down at the bottom. Uh, hold on, hold on. I got some, I got some uh, comments coming here. Hold on one second. Okay. Oh, Kenny, he said Kenny G all day. Mariah, I got Mariah. Toyota, 7 a.m. Ribs, Sketches, <laughs> Teddy P. He told my nah, bro, don't stay in your lane, don't sing. Denzel. All right. <laughs> so um before we get out of here, share with us, you know, because I, I actually, man, kind of been sharing. Um your, 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 your of course, it's OllyPattersonMusic.com. Mm -hmm. And then there's Ollie at, if you want to send an email, let people know how to get in touch with you as far as email wise. Sure. Ollie at OllyPattersonMusic.com. Right. Yep. Okay. Because um, I, I never say, man, you know, are you expensive, man? Are you reasonable? Do you work with your requests, man? Or, you know, how, how does that work? Well, I think a lot of people think I'm, I'm expensive because when because they're when they see me at, at a private party and they want to bring me in to do their party, that's, that's new for them, you know? Right. Um, however, <clears throat> you know, when I'm doing high end events, um, there's some of the higher end weddings and things like that. Uh, people don't blink uh, at my rates at all. Uh, they just they just don't blink blink. That's just not that's just not even an issue. So 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 basically, man, when you get ready to get booked, you're not arguing about price. Pretty much. Well, I mean, I'm not rigid. I mean, I will work with with my clients and stuff, you know, okay. um, because um, I I just. I, I am I am flexible, but I'm not free. But I am flexible. I, I like the fact that I'm not free, but I am flexible. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in for in the box. Uh, next week we're gonna be, we're gonna be bringing an exciting guest for you as well, um, and we thank you for tuning in. And I don't want you to go anywhere yet, uh, Alex. So hang on, okay, and sure. we appreciate you for checking out in the box. Okay.